it kind of really depends on where you sit. If you're a homeowner, it, you know, you're sitting on kind of a very rapidly appreciating asset. If you're a renter, you know, it, it's worrisome about, you know, when are you going to be able to, to get into that market. From King 5 News, this is The Sound Podcast. I'm Ryan Takeo, and we are... Uh, right now taping on location on the 31st floor uh, over at the Russell Investments building talking to Aaron Terraza, senior economist at Zillow. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Ryan. So you had this report uh, that was released this morning that talked about home appreciation in Seattle city limits. And in it, it says that uh, homes are appreciating about $54 per work hour. That's right. So what's what does that what does that mean? That seems like a big number. Well, we all know that the Seattle real estate market is appreciating very quickly, kind of one of the hottest in the market in the country right now. And when you actually break it out by every hour that you're at the at work at the office, um, your home, if you're a homeowner in the city of Seattle, is gaining essentially fifty-four dollars for every hour you're at work. So you can kind of think of that as similar to an hourly wage. Your home um, is earning fifty-four dollars an hour. So in, in this is uh, something that you came up with basically taking, from talking to you earlier, this is the median appreciation in the city That's for right. over what time period? Over the past year. So February 2017 to February 2018. Okay. And then divided it by the work hours? The, the number of working hours in a year. That's 2087. According to the federal government, you have to account for holidays and, and things like that. 2087. Huh. Yeah. I guess I never tracked how many hours I worked. <laughs> For you, it's probably a lot more. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, thanks, man. You can give me a raise. Yeah. I, I got this question because um, we've been talking about it this morning. It's been it's been a talker, uh -huh. as you know. Um, that sounds like a big number. Is that healthy? <laughs> yeah, you know, it is a big number. It's it's the third largest number of the the cities we looked at. Um, only two cities have higher kind of hourly appreciation rates. That's uh, San Jose and San Francisco. And, and obviously, those two cities, there is a lot of fear about what's happening in those markets. Um, and, you know, as to what's healthy or not, it, it's hard to say. You know, we know there are a lot of factors driving the Seattle real estate market right now. Um, demand is very high. There's been a lot of people moving to this area, young people kind of looking to buy their first homes, young people with relatively high wages. At the same time, supply is tight. You know, home building has remained low. Sellers are reluctant to sell because they're afraid to jump in to what's a very competitive housing market. And at the same time, interest rates have remained relatively low. You know, that's making it easier for them to, to pay more. So, you know, kind of a lot of converging forces have pushed up home value appreciation in this area over the past uh, year or so. So I'm, I'm a renter. Right. You a renter? I am, yes. Okay. Yeah. So it kind of pained me to to write this story up last night as we were kind of getting ready for its release this morning. Because yeah. I just thought, man, there's there's all this money to be earned out there. And, um, you know, I, I mean, you hear the other side yeah. to it, of it, too, of people being house poor mm -hmm. or whatever it right. is. But, you know, it seems like it's a good market to own, you know. So is this to be celebrated? Well, you know, as you noted, it kind of really depends on where you sit. If you're a homeowner, it, you know, you're sitting on kind of a very rapidly appreciating asset. If you're a renter, you know, it, it's worrisome about, you know, when are you going to be able to, to get into that market? And it's important to keep in mind, kind of we talk about this $54 an hour in, in the city of Seattle, you know, that's, that's home equity. That's not cash that goes into your checking account. It's not like you're going to be able to go out tomorrow and, you know, and buy a car with this or, or, or you're spending on going out to dinner or, or on a vacation. You know, this is home equity that you will build up over time. And 
ultimately, eventually, when you know, if you're an owner and sell your house, you'll pay taxes on on those capital gains. Um, you know, pay seller fees when you know when you do sell. So, so it's not exactly cash in the bank. Yeah, I mean, I I get that, yeah. but. If I own a home tonight, I'd probably go out for a $54 <laughs> steak dinner. Yeah, not just tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it does, though, bring up the question of to earn the equity, you got to sell, which mm -hmm. means you got to buy. That's right. Somewhere else or you, or you just move, right? right. But uh, take me through that tension there. Yeah. So, you know, we do know that one of the reasons inventory is so tight in this market is that sellers, people who have owned their home for a long time, are hesitant to jump into the market because if they're becoming a seller, they're also going to become a buyer. And they've heard stories about how competitive the housing market is, how quickly inventory is moving. Um, and, and that's a real challenge for people who you know, are looking to, to sell or buy for, for any reason, if they need a bigger home that you know, their family's growing, or if they need a smaller home that you know, kids have finally left the home. Um, they're looking to retire. Um, you know, those are all kind of factors that, that make it very scary for sellers to, to jump into this market. There's a lot of uncertainty, a couple weeks when you're gonna have to, to juggle things. Now, you know, a, an experienced real estate agent can, can walk you through this process. You know, there are you know, things such as kind of bridge loans to help you through this transition period. So it's, it's not like it's, it's unheard of or impossible. I've heard a couple things lately. I've, I've done several real estate stories in the last few weeks and I've gotten a little bit of pushback on a, on a couple things because we're doing stories that that simplify you know oh prices are going up and mm -hmm. I'm sure you know when you're doing these numbers and, and you're talking about the um, increase in home prices mm -hmm. that that uh, you're looking at the at the raw numbers and not like the individual kind of sure. anecdotes so here's what I've heard the last couple weeks is that um, you know some of these headlines are scaring people away yep. And and that uh, there's buyer fatigue out there, and so you might not have people wanting to get into these situations where they're actually going back and forth and trying to one up each other. Yeah. So you're talking about people worried about getting into a competitive offer situation. Yeah. Right. Buyers maybe sitting on the sidelines a little longer than they would have otherwise. Right. Yeah. And and I, you know I th I think that is real. That said, overwhelmingly, kind of research shows that um, what motivates buyers. You know, certainly kind of the competitiveness of the market, you know, makes them kind of a little bit queasy, but people buy when life changes are happening, you know, because, you know, they've, they've gotten a new job, because, you know, you know their, their family's expanding. Um, and so, you know, at some point, um, you know, it's not necessarily the first kid, but often number kid number two or, or three when, you know, renting just doesn't make sense anymore. If you look at kind of rents for larger homes, it, it's often kind of comparable to, to buying kind of further out in the suburbs. So those are the big decisions that are driving people to buy and, and ultimately make that decision when they have to. But you're right, you know, I think this um, kind of the, the psychology of this market um, is very real for a lot of people and people are living this day to day, particularly renters, you know, who, who, you know, are worried about will I ever be able to buy a home? They probably still want to buy a home someday. So when you're looking at the numbers and do you take any of that psychology into account? Does that at all distort what's going on or, or you just see the numbers? We, we see sales prices and estimate home values. Again, estimates for whether the home is on or off the market. Um, so, so no, you know, we can't tease out how much of it is driven by you know, an individual person's expectations about what's going to happen. But you know, the, the kind of a lot of economic, economic evidence does suggest that expectations are a big part of what drives markets. So let's talk about from the, the renter's perspective. Um, 
because you're I, I feel like we have a kinship now that we're both <laughs> renters uh, because uh, I, I have seen some at least hopeful headlines recently about the increase in, in supplies and mm-hmm. apartments uh, in the area and uh, forecasting this out a little bit what do you see as far as what renters are facing so we, we have seen a, a pretty sharp slowdown in rent appreciation in in the city of Seattle over the past year if you look um, at rents, multifamily rents, apartment rents in the city of Seattle, a year ago they were growing at 9%, now they're growing closer to 2%. By contrast, the areas of kind of greater Seattle where we're seeing the fastest rent appreciation are those further um, flung outlying communities, uh, Tacoma, um, as far down as Olympia, uh, places like, like Tequila and, and Kirkland are seeing really kind of rapid apartment rent appreciation. The rent appreciation in the city of Seattle has slowed pretty sharply. We know that's driven by all of the supply that we're coming online. and. And you know, slowing rent appreciation is not the same as declining rents. It still means that rents are, are more expensive than they've ever been, um, but at least they're not increasing at the clip that they once were. It's in the single digits. I think it was uh, the, the forecast was like five or six percent for this year, right. something like that. As far as from the from the renter's perspective, um, you say you know it's it's gone so high. Mm-hmm. So that's why you know it's part of the reason why the appreciation and the price increase. Um, isn't as high. It's really tough to to set aside this down payment. Yeah. So it, it seems like as these housing prices are going up, it's good for the homeowners, um, except for you know like the property taxes and, right. and all these other things. But from the renter's perspective, it seems more and more out of reach. You know. The higher home prices get, the harder it is to save for a down payment, you know, particularly if you're a first-time home buyer. If you're a repeat home buyer, obviously you do have that equity that you're cashing out in your previous home. But you know, if you're a renter trying to save for your, your first down payment, in the context of quickly, you know, rapidly rising rents, um, you know, being able to save enough you know, in this area with a median home value of, of over $600,000, know, assume a 20% down payment, that's $125,000, $130,000 that you need to have cash in the bank you know, before you buy your first home. Uh, now, 20% is not always necessary. There are plenty of home buyers who buy with 10% or 5% down. Um, you know, or even less. Or even less, you know, there are special situations as well. So, so that's important to keep in mind. Um, you know, for many people, a down payment is a psychological barrier, but it doesn't have to be. So what if I don't live in Seattle? Because I, I think the reason why, uh, from talking to you earlier, the reason why you went ahead and released the numbers this way was so there could be a comparison with the the minimum wage, right? right? right yep. So $15 minimum wage in Seattle, right. uh, it's about three and a half times that uh, for as far as like home equity, right? right. What your house is earning, earning right? right? Yeah. Air quotes. Um, so... So uh, as far as if you're outside of right. Seattle, what does that mean? So, you know, outside of Seattle, there's kind of a huge diversity of communities. In a place like Commercial Island, a very high-priced community, your home is earning about $88 an hour. Um, that's almost on par with, you know, San Jose, where your home is earning $99 an hour, almost $100 an hour. At the same time, there's, there's other places like, like Marysville or Everett, you know, where your home is earning $21, $23 an hour. Uh, further south, Tacoma, $16, $17 an hour. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, Seattle is definitely kind of one of the um, kind of the stronger kind of the city of Seattle is one of the stronger markets in the region and, and not all kind of areas are seeing that same scale of, of um, home value appreciation. Bellevue, Redmond, Kirkland in the mid 60s, Issaquah, 
fifty very, very Woodenville, real estate on the east side. <laughs> forty-eight. Yeah, so yeah, east side is um, is definitely. Uh, although it's it's yeah, some of those are higher that, than than what Seattle is facing. Yeah, that's a, when you look at home value appreciation. Some of the fastest appreciating markets are actually kind of on that uh, north northern edge of Lake Washington. Places like Kirkland and Kenmore are seeing twenty plus percent home value appreciation. That's faster than the seventeen percent we're seeing in the city of Seattle. Why is that? I think you know a lot of that's being driven by demographic trends. Um, we know millennials right now are off buying the first homes. Those suburban markets have a lot of appeal to them. So for first-time home buyers moving forward, um, keeping in mind that the last time I talked to you on the podcast had to do with drive time. Here's what it boils down to. Every five minutes you add to your commute during rush hour, it means you save $35,000. For first-time home buyers, what should we keep in mind moving forward? Right. You know, I think for first-time home buyers, it's important to keep in mind that, you know, it's not impossible, right? You know, there are lots of first-time home buyers out there kind of making their, their first home purchase. Um, in the competitive market, perhaps more than anywhere else, it's important to have kind of a, a skilled professional guiding you. You want someone who, who knows how to structure a competitive bid, someone who, who knows what the seller is looking for, what the seller is prioritizing. It's not always that the seller kind of simply wants the highest amount. Sometimes the seller wants to, to close quickly or, or hire kind of earnest money, the money, the cash that they get, you know, at signing um, because they're looking to buy their next home. So having a skilled professional guide you through this process is extremely important in a competitive market. Um, you know, a, another kind of important thing is, is calibrate your expectations. You know, we you hear stories of people who have been in the market for, for several months at a time and they get, gradually get a sense of, of what's available and, and, you know, what they can afford. Um, you know, they may not necessarily go into the process with that realistic expectation. Okay, you knew this story, this uh, question was coming. Uh -huh. Because everyone on Facebook is wondering, look, are, are we going to hit a bubble? Right. Are we in a bubble? When is this going to end? Right. When is this going to end? <laughs> you know, I think it's important to, to be careful what we mean by a bubble. You know, we don't have the same types of kind of fast and loose lending standards that we saw in 2004, 2005. So no, you know, we're not in kind of, we're not going to see a repeat of the crash that we saw in 2007, 2008. But you know, interest rates have been very low for the past couple of years, and as interest rates begin to rise, we could see some headwinds in the housing market. That's going to slow appreciation. I don't think we're going to see a decline in home values in this area. If you look at the fundamentals of what's driving the market in this, in this area, um, they are solid. There's been an employment transformation. We've seen a lot of job growth, a lot of people moving to this area. That's demand. That's that's not going away. So. So certainly, you know, we could see home value appreciation start to slow as interest rates rise, but I don't think we're going to see a crash over the next year or two. So as far as forecasting it out, uh, you said you don't see any depreciation. Mm -hmm. um, how long does that last? Yeah. So, you know, I'm an economist, but economists have a very bad record of forecasting beyond kind of a couple years ahead. Okay. I hesitate to go, you know, beyond two or three years. Um, you know, it, so you don't I'll, see it in the next two or three years? I don't years. see in the next, kind of certainly not in the next two years, um, but you know, in the long term, a lot of, a lot, there are a lot of unknowns on, uh, going on right now, a lot of uncertainty in the world, and who knows what could happen beyond two years. Aaron, thank you very yep. much. Appreciate it. Yep. The Sound is a production of King 5 Media in Seattle, Washington. We appreciate Aaron Terrazas from Zillow, a senior economist here at Zillow, talking about the home market. <laughs>